So like I said earlier this morning, we are burning the prayers from 2022. We've had the prayer wall, it's hard for me to believe this, for four years now. And the concept is a simple one. Write down a prayer, either something you want to say to God or maybe acknowledge something you've heard from God, and you put it in the wall. Prayer is something that seems abstract. You know, we often kind of just pray in our heads. But God wants our faith to be concrete, you know, a faith that impacts our actions. And so with the wall, uh, we can pray by physically doing something, and it just makes our prayer a little more concrete. Now, in uh, 2022, we had over 2,300 prayers put in the wall. Now, the faith impact of that cannot be overstated. That is a really big deal. Over 2,300 times, people from the TFRC community took a concrete step of faith to pray to God. And just in case you're wondering, because I do keep track of stuff like this, in the four years we've had the wall, a total of over 7,700 prayers have been put in it. Now, you may have noticed this morning that there are still some prayers in the wall, and that's because uh, this past Wednesday, the junior high youth group had a lesson on prayer. Brett brought them over here, and part of that lesson was to put prayers in the wall. So we have already begun putting prayers in the wall for 2023. Um, we also just want you to know or to remind you that we have a prayer team that meets by that wall every Monday. Now, they don't touch the prayers in the wall. Uh, the prayers never get read by anyone. But every Monday, the prayer team will pray in front of the wall, and one of the things that they pray for are the requests in the wall, again, without looking at the requests. Now, the Scripture describes our prayers like smoke rising to the Lord. And earlier this week, the elders took the 2,300 prayers out of the wall, and uh, this container here uh, holds a portion of the prayers. We burned all the other ones during the first service. And between the two services, uh, we will burn all of the prayers from 2022. It's a meaningful moment for us. Now, our scripture for this morning is Exodus 24, verses 15 to 18. Uh, go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, or uh, you can look it up on your phones. If you turn there in your Bibles, Exodus is the second book in the Bible. Now, in Exodus 24... Moses has already led the Israelites out of Egypt, and now they are at the base of Mount Sinai, and Moses goes up the mountain to meet with God. Uh, our scripture reader for this morning is Chrissy Griff, so Chrissy, if you can please make your way on up the podium, and as she does, I'm going to ask if you're able, please stand and face the center of the room. Uh, we read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture is our primary lens for our faith, it is central to our faith. And uh, we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so, Chrissy, whenever you're ready, please read Exodus 24, verses 15 to 18. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went on up the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Christy, thank you very much. Uh, you are maybe seated. Now, fire, 
fire is, you know, a relatively primitive thing. The ancient Greeks believed that fire was one of the primary elements of the world. For the ancient Greeks, earth, wind, fire, water were the four basic elements of which everything was made. Now, along with the wheel and sliced bread, fire is considered one of humanity's greatest inventions. Um, now, we didn't invent fire, but we do have the ability to control it, at least control it enough for our benefit. And controlling fire is one of the things that separates us from animals. Now, even though fire is primitive and we can control it, fire is something we're afraid of. Fire is dangerous. We are obsessed with fire safety. Every building has a fire extinguisher handy. All of your homes have smoke detectors in them, and every six months we have to change those dumb batteries. The number of people allowed in this room is largely influenced by the number of exits we have in case of a fire. You will notice there are exit signs above every door that leads out of this room. And that is just in case there's a fire. When we built the new building, we had to include fire walls and fire doors. The city of Twin Falls has four fire stations. Every community, no matter how small, has a fire department. Most of them are run by volunteers. Every school conducts fire drills. If you go on public land, you will see a fire danger today and some kind of setting on that sign to let you know the risk of fire. There are places we can't light fireworks because of fire. There are conditions where you're not allowed to have a campfire because we, of fire safety reasons. There are places you're not even allowed to ride your four-wheeler because a spark from that could start a fire. Most, if not all of us, recognize Smokey the Bear in the middle there. And what has Smokey the Bear drilled in us? Only you. It is embedded in our souls. We are afraid of fire. Fire is dangerous. Which is why it's so interesting that the Bible will often use fire to represent God. Whether it's when Moses first meets God in the burning bush or what we just read in this morning's passage. There are a couple other passages I'm going to highlight from Scripture as well. And what I want to do is go through what I'm calling the ABCs of fire in the Bible how fire represents the presence of God and what fire tells us about God. So let's begin with the ABCs. I'm going to begin with A, the awe of fire. Now, I'm only doing A, B, and C. I'm not going to have something for every letter of the alphabet, okay? Just don't panic. Um, so we're going to start with talking about the awe of fire. And just going back to the passage we just read in Exodus 24. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. And then Moses entered the cloud as he went up the mountain. 
And he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. The glory of the Lord is described as a cloud. It is described as a consuming fire. And it's why you walked by a fire on your way to the octagon this morning. It's why we have a fireplace up here. The picture the Bible gives us for God is a fire. Now, when we picture God, most of us, we don't picture God as a fire. In fact, one of the most common images that we have for God is the old man in the sky, right? Something like this. That's our picture of God. Sometimes the pictures look more like Santa Claus, but he usually just looks like a kind-hearted Zeus, okay? Now, what does this image communicate about God? God is nice. God is friendly. God is cheerful. Now, there's nothing wrong with this image of God. However, I find it ironic that our most common image of God, that God is an old man in the sky, is never, ever, ever, ever mentioned in the Bible. The Bible never references God as some old person in the sky. Not once. The Bible doesn't give us this picture for God. In the Bible, God is like fire. The passage says that on top of the mountain, the glory of God looked like a consuming fire. Let's put that image next to this one. Now just take a moment and look at the pictures. The contrast is striking. The images that we use to understand God greatly influence our perception of him. And let me just point out one thing. Which picture gives you a greater sense of awe? The old man or the fire? God is not an old man in the sky. God is like a consuming fire. Like fire, God is to be respected. Like fire, when God shows up, he commands attention. Like fire, God fascinates us and scares us at the same time. The God on the top of that mountain, even from the bottom of the mountain, is something to behold. And what's amazing is that Moses climbs that mountain and he enters the cloud as he goes up the mountain and God speaks to Moses and he stays up there for 40 days. Now, if I were one of the Israelites at the bottom of the mountain, I would be really worried for Moses. I would wonder, is Moses safe up there with that consuming fire? It's the awe of fire. There's an awe to fire, but there's also a benefit to fire. As I said earlier, our ability to control fire for our purposes is one thing that separates us from the rest of creation. Now, we can't control God like we can control fire, although it's not for a lack of trying. Uh, we are always trying to manipulate God for our benefit. But while we can't control God, God is for us. Moses comes down the mountain with instructions for a tabernacle. Now, 
A tabernacle is like a portable temple, a place for God to reside among his people. And God wants to reside among his people. Now, let's put ourselves in the Israelites' place. The consuming fire that was on top of the mountain wants to come into the camp. He is going to live in this portable temple. Now, the tabernacle is not going to be on the outskirts of camp for the consuming fire to reside. The tabernacle is going to be in the middle of camp. Now, as you know, this fireplace doesn't have a real fire in it. (laughs) Outside in front of the octagon, we have a fire pit. Now, we are not going to bring that fire pit in here. Just want you to relax about that. Um, But what if we did bring that fire pit in here? How dangerous would that be? You know, it's one thing to have a candlelight service on Christmas Eve, but to bring in a live fire in a fire pit? We would all agree that that is not a good idea. That would not be safe. The consuming fire on the mountain wants to live in the middle of the camp. If I'm an Israelite, I'm not sure that's a good idea. But if the consuming fire tells me to do it, well, I guess I'm going to do it. And so they build what is called the tent of meeting. And when it is finished, the same cloud that was on top of the mountain comes into their camp. And we read about that in Exodus 40, where it says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. So now, the consuming fire is in the camp. But it's different from the fire on the mountain. First of all, it seems to be safe. It comes into the tabernacle, which is in the middle of camp, but the fire stays within the boundaries of the tabernacle. It isn't this wildfire like it looked like on the mountain. It controls itself so it won't consume the people. Second, the fire is more intense. Because if you remember, on the mountain, Moses could enter the cloud. But in the tabernacle, we just read that Moses could not enter it because the glory of the Lord. So God is more present in their midst than he was from a distance. Meaning, God wants to be close to his people. And then third, the fire does benefit them. God is there to guide them. Now, not guide them from a distance like a five-star general or an old man in the sky. God is there with them. When the fire stayed, they stayed. When the fire moved, they moved. God was there to help them through the desert. And he was going to help them from up close and personal. Now, how cool would that be? 
This awesome, consuming fire has come into our camp to guide us through the desert. And we're in awe of the consuming fire's power and we are comforted by the consuming fire's presence. As it says elsewhere in the Bible, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I don't care how friendly the old man in the sky is. I want the consuming fire in my camp. So there's the awe of fire, there's the benefit of fire, and then the C of our ABCs is the fire comes. Not to us, but within us. In the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, God wants to reside among his people. So they build him a tabernacle, the tent of meeting. God resides in it. Later, they would build God a temple, a more permanent dwelling place. But in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, all of that changes. Jesus has been crucified. Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus has ascended into heaven. And now the followers of Jesus are in Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. And Jerusalem is the city where the temple was located. And this is what happens from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now let me just give you one last image, an image of the fire coming to rest on the followers of Jesus. The consuming fire that was on the mountain, that came into the camp, now comes within the community of believers. That consuming fire is now within his people. God wanted to meet them on the mountain. God wanted to reside with them in the camp. And God wanted to live within them. And that continues to be true for us today. The awesome fire that came to benefit his people has come to live within us. God is a consuming fire who resides in his community of faith. And there's a saying that we hear in church circles, Jason even used it this morning, to be on fire for the Lord. Well, let me give us another Um, saying that we could maybe use. We could say to be on fire for the Lord or to live with the fire of the Lord. Now we're going to burn the prayers and you may ask, so what does any of this have to do with prayer? Well, first of all, we are burning our prayers in a consuming fire. And while we're not going to bring the fire inside, it is still a fire that is with us and near us. But the other connection I want to make is that in both the tabernacle and the temple, there was something called the altar of incense. It was a place where incense would be burned right outside the Holy of Holies. And once a year, the high priest would bring the censer of incense from that altar into the holy holies where the presence of God resided and the smoke from the incense of that censer would rise up to the presence of God. And it represented 
the people coming before God's presence. And that particular image is used in the last book of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 8, where it says, Another angel, who had a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. And the smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. The incense represents the prayers of God's people rising up and meeting God. Now, if God is an old man in the sky, well, we may not be sure that God hears our prayers. But if God is a consuming fire who lives within us, then when we pray, it is our way of connecting to that fire. And surely the God who is a consuming fire who lives within us hears us every time we pray. God is not far away. He is with us. Or as Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And that is something we often forget. The kingdom of God has come near to us. So when we burn these prayers in a minute, I want us to use that as a visible reminder that our prayers approach the God who is closer to us than the fire that we're going to use to burn them. So I'm going to ask the elders to come forward. So my two elders, if you could come forward here and just stand right in front of the stage here. They are going to take these prayers outside and burn them in the fire. And we're going to have that on the screen for you to watch. And for the last couple of weeks, we have asked you to share with us some answered prayers from 2022. And as the prayers are burning, I'm going to read some of the ways that God has answered our prayers. And I want you to reflect on the following question as we do all of that. What prayers were answered for you in 2022? If you're like me, when you are anxious about something, you pray about it. And then when it turns out in your favor, you totally forget that you prayed about it and that God answered your prayer. Let's use this time to reflect upon God's presence and how he answered our prayers this last year. What prayers were answered for you in 2022? Our granddaughter, Anna Grace, spent the first 10 months of her life in the hospital, having numerous surgeries and fighting for her life. The director of the NICU agreed that her life is a miracle. He said, this is not a one in a thousand chance. This is a one in a million. The miracles we saw the Lord do in her little body while we were there were amazing and beyond what this letter could share. The 10-month provision of a house and vehicles, the encouragement of prayer warriors around the world, and the fact that we got to take her home two days before Christmas is our praise and answer to so many prayers. What a journey. Our God is faithful. It has always been my prayer that my family would love one another and get along. My family had the most beautiful Christmas together as a family this year, and it was the greatest Christmas gift I received straight from God. 
Earlier this year in March, my baby was hospitalized with bacterial meningitis and very sick. The church community, many strangers, the chaplain at the hospital, and my family cried out to God to save our sweet two-month-old baby little girl. We know that God heard our cries and we're so grateful that his plan matched up with our desire to keep our sweet Ava on this earth with us. She is now doing so well, happy and healthy. In 2022, I reestablished my relationship with my brother. Shortly after that, he was diagnosed with cancer. This was especially devastating because a couple years ago, I lost my husband to cancer. So I prayed for healing for my brother and put prayers in the prayer wall. He went to a follow-up appointment recently, and there was no cancer to be found. I've been married for 30 years. For most of my marriage, I've been struggling relating to my spouse. Though we were married, our marriage lacked joy and peace. I've been praying for 25 years for our marriage to be ignited with love for each other rather than just going through the motions. This last year, through intense marriage counseling, God has done a huge work of restoration to fulfill my dream of a vibrant marriage. My 51-year-old daughter has many health problems and moved to Portland to be close to her surgical specialists. She was scheduled for a 16-hour surgery to remove her pancreas and spleen and to inject enzymes from the pancreas into her liver. My prayer in the wall was for the surgeons to have skilled and steady hands and for the Lord to watch over Pam and let her pull through this dangerous surgery. All went well, and she pulled through and is doing better and is recovering faster than the doctors expected. She was in the ICU for three weeks afterwards and needed 24-hour care for another week after being discharged on Thanksgiving Day. She still has a feeding tube in her stomach, and will have to take anti-rejection drugs and give herself insulin shots for the rest of her life. But she is finally out of pain from her chronic pancreatitis and Crohn's disease she has suffered from since she was 14. The Lord is good all the time. All the time, the Lord is good. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for being the consuming fire who lives within us. We confess that often we view you more like an old man in the sky than the Almighty One who is always guiding us from close at hand. We also confess that we have quickly forgotten the many ways you powerfully answered our prayers this last year. Help us see your awesome presence in our lives this year and be mindful of your eternal goodness to us. And it's in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.